This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Pick up your copy of Aaron Lee Tastian's fourth solo album, Tastian, 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 available now at newwestrecords.com or your local indie record store. Ride me, Saddle up, cowpokes, and get ready to hit the trail with Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Join your host, Rachel Coles, as she chats with her guests about their music, their background, their influences, and more. Let's ride. Ride me, Cowpokes, and welcome back to Country Queer Spotlight. This time around, I speak with Aaron Lee Tassian, and we talk about how to pronounce his name and his new album, which is his last name three times Tassian, 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 or Tassian. Uh, <laughs> that one is going to be out on February 5th through New West Records. And in our conversation today, Aaron and I got into family lore. Aaron's early experiences performing his original work, and how he went from being a glam rocker to Americana artist, and on this album, landing somewhere in between. Before we get into our conversation, though, let's listen to some of this new album with the album's lead-off track, Sunday Woman. Sunday 
So, uh, Aaron, how do you pronounce your last name before <laughs> I introduce you? I think it's Tassian, right? But I also see uh, like a SH situation on your Zoom name. Yeah, it's a fu- it's a funny story actually. It it's it it is what the proper full spelling is what's on my Zoom uh, which is T A S H J I A N. Um, I tried to make it easier for people to pronounce by just taking a few letters away. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, what I found is that it is, um, equally perplexing just in a different sort of way. Um, uh, but one thing that is kind of interesting about our name, like it, my, my great grandmother who was Irish was betrothed to another Irishman whose name was Donahue she was having an affair with a guy named Tastian, mm-hmm. became pregnant and didn't know who the father was, came to America, had my grandfather in Philadelphia and uh, ended up, she was finding it kind of hard to be a single mom in Philadelphia at the time. So she put him in a school, like a full-time, you know, boarding school type of thing for boys. And uh, when they asked what his name was, she gave him the Armenian guy's last name, we think, because mm-hmm. probably that's who she was really in love with and was hoping the dad was. But <laughs> we're very pale people um, who enjoy whiskey, so we're, we're <laughs> probably Irish. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that Yeah, I mean, I was assuming it was an Armenian name, and then what you started talking about, my grandmother and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's a pretty crazy story, but kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, Tashian? Yeah. Okay. I mean, my name is Colst, and people have found all kinds of ways to pronounce it. So oh, sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I totally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, understand where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, welcome to Country Queer Spotlight. Uh, this is sort of how we roll around here. Um, your new album has your last name three times in a row. Tashian, yes. Tashian, Tashian. <laughs> Can you say it three times fast? Um, I, I think I tried to one time and I had to be admitted for a few days. So <laughs> I'm not going to make that yeah. mistake again. <laughs> it's a tug twister for sure. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a bit of a personal anecdote because uh, we did not do much small talk before we started recording, but I know you and I have chatted here and there on Twitter. Um, but when you were in a glam rock band called Semi Precious Weapons, you played at Bryn Mawr College. Yes. It must have been around 2011 or so. Um, and my biggest regret was not taking the bus over from Haverford to go see you. No all. way. <laughs> because all my friends who went still talk about that show. Wow. That was yeah. such a fun show and such a like interesting show because, you know, my... My my sister, whom I absolutely love and adore, um, and is my hero, um, it, she was attending Bryn Mawr at the time, and um, she really wanted us to come play. and And she's such a cool ki- she was such a cool kid. She even printed up all these posters and stuff, and like tried to hang them up all over the school. And um, you know, I think there was like you know, probably 15 kids there or something like that. But like, it was, the, it was exactly, no, no, it was the exact 15 kids that you wanted there. I mm-hmm. mean, just dressed incredibly and like having a great fun time dance party. Like, you know, the early days of semi-precious weapons were, were a lot like that. Like they were sort of like, uh, you know, these like 
amazing highs that you would have never expected. Uh, you know, like you just wake up and like Perez Hilton is like talking about you or something like that. And then like, <laughs> you know, and then these like amazing, like other, like, you know, situations kind of like the Bryn Mawr thing where you're like, you know, if this were any other band, this would probably kind of suck. But like, because of like how our band is and like how we kind of just carried ourselves, like those shows ended up being some of the funnest ones we ever played. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all about the audience energy anyway, right? <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for those of you who um, aren't familiar with your Seven Sister Schools, Bryn Mawr has, like, this gothic architecture. There's, like, a wall around the whole campus. A lot of people compare it to Hogwarts. Um, <laughs> it was in... Oh, some Audrey Hepburn movie or something like that. That sounds right. Went, not Audrey Hepburn. Damn. I should have done my Bryn Mawr research, apparently, but... <laughs> Uh, Catherine oh, <laughs> went right. there. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and they will not let you forget it. Um, <laughs> uh, but the reason I want to talk about semi-precious weapons is like you have like such a varied history in like guitar-based music. Um, yeah. And then shortly after semi-precious weapons, I think, uh, ran its course, you went in a more Americana direction. Yeah. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that path. Yeah, you know, it was, what's interesting, I've just always kind of been that way since I was a little kid. Like, um, when I was, I think, 15 or 16 years old, um, uh, my, my high school was had a day of um, sort of remember, like, it was, a, it was on the anniversary of Columbine, and the idea was, let's remember what happened, and let's, let's, let's try to think about the ways we can show up for each other in the hallway, and, like, make sure no one's getting bullied, and that kind of stuff, and so they asked me, um, one of the school administrators asked if I would write a song. They found out I wrote songs. They asked me if mm -hmm. I would write a song, so I wrote this song about peace and stuff like that, and it got in the local news and somehow made its way all the way made its way all the way to uh, Peter Yarrow from Peter Paul and Mary, and he was he had written a song called "Don't Laugh at Me," which was about uh, not being bullied in school, um, and he uh, was coming to Ohio to do a safe schools conference in Cincinnati, <laughs> and inv invited me to come sing my song. You know, and then like I got got up with him and sang harmony on blowing in the wind and stuff like that. Fast forward like a year later, I'm in the Columbus Youth Jazz Orchestra as the guitar player, which was a big band. We were playing the music of Count Basie Orchestra. We were playing the music of Duke Ellington. We were playing the music of Charles Mingus, you know, um, all different kinds of stuff. Uh, but great American music and um and I, we went to New York City to do a, a music competition called the Essentially Ellington Competition that was adjudicated by Wynton Marcellus and uh, Victor Goins of the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra and, and Juilliard um, and a couple other um, prominent jazz uh, musicians and educators. And I won the award for Outstanding Guitar Player. Uh, I didn't even take a solo. I didn't even plug my guitar into an amp. You know, because back in the, because that's not what Freddie Green did in the Count Basie Orchestra. And to me, he was the penultimate big band guitar player, you know. So in the same year, I went from meeting Peter Yarrow and singing Blowing in the Wind to, 
you know, playing in a, in a jazz competition and, you know, uh, that, you know, meeting Wynton Marcellus and, and then our band went on to actually do some work, um, uh, a little bit, uh, with him in the state of Ohio. He, he used us a few times as, um, as his educational, uh, band or whatever, um, when he would give talks at colleges and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a it was a lot like the 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 birth was wide from the get go <laughs> you know what i mean it was like just any kind of music i could touch you know that touched me like i wanted to know it and i wanted to have some you know i wanted to get my hands on it and i wanted to know what it was about and learn and learn some of the history of it you know and 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 all of, to me all of this was going to eventually add to what i could do as an artist, you know, but like, I looked at it that way. Like I had to learn all these different things before I had enough of a like depth of knowledge to come from anywhere doing my own thing, you know? Um, so that was the process of, of just learning music and how to play music also ended up informing all the various styles and stuff like that. I've played just because like, I was like a, like a like a little sponge, man. I was just so in interested in it, you know, that um, that I learned more of it than like I thought I would have ever needed to know. But I've ended up using just about all of <laughs> different things I've learned at different times, except for Spanish classical, which I studied at the Idlewild Arts Academy. Um, I've never really gotten to employ any of that kind of stuff anywhere, but I still remember a few of those pieces and I love doing it for practice. It's a really fun and beautiful sound. But yeah, I mean, I think you can hear that, like the compositions on the new album are very like pop oriented. So like very straightforward, but there is something like you can hear that uh, you're coming from like this place of authority and like <laughs> you have like a deep knowledge of what you're referencing and what you're adding on to. I feel like you do talk a little bit about this story in the song Feminine Walk, so I want to uh, take a chance to listen to that in a second. I was wondering if uh, you cite some of your influences in the song, for sure, mm -hmm. and I also feel like it has a lot of swagger and like confidence, which is cool, because that's not something you usually associate with a feminine walk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, even among like women. Totally. So. Sure. Uh, I was wondering sure. if you could speak a little bit about the song before we jump in and listen to it and maybe some of your influences as well so we can listen to the two songs together. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, the I'll tell you where I got that idea for that line. Um, I was a young kid, you know, I might have been 10, but I might have even been younger than 10. I don't remember exactly when, but. I was on vacation with my dad, with our family, me and my dad, we were in Wisconsin for the summer. I had a grandmother that lived in the Dells and we were walking around downtown and we were standing on the street corner at one point and this older kid started walking towards us and he looked really, I immediately thought this kid looks pretty cool. Um, and I kind of admire that he looked like a skateboarder kind of, you know, um, I had like a haircut that was somewhere between like, uh, like John Denver and Billie Jean King. You know what I mean? It was sort of a, a, a 
a kind of bowl, but like a Prince Valiant kind of bowl. Yeah, you were <laughs> you for know. a little while, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it it's kind of a unisex sort of haircut, you know, I would say. Um, but, uh, you know, this kid walks up and he says, he says to my dad, he goes, hey, man. And uh, my dad kind of turns to him and says, yes, you know, and he, he points at me and he goes, I just got to know, is that a boy or a girl? <laughs> Wow. You know, you know? and yeah. I was, I mean, I was a young kid, but I remember it vividly, you know, and, and I, and I also remember thinking, how did he know, you know, did he just see me walking down this, was it the way I was carrying myself? Am I just projecting this like, you know, thing that like, you know, because other people who were strangers also seemed to kind of pick up on that a little bit, you know, where you'd be standing washing your hands at the men's room in the airport or something. And a guy, you know, came in one time, this was in Denver, not that long ago, even this was maybe 2008, maybe seven, somewhere in there. And I'm just washing my hands and this guy walks in and he does like a double take and walks right out, <laughs> you know, and then comes back in laughing and actually says out loud to me like oh man like i'm sorry like when i saw you like i really thought i'd come in like the wrong bathroom you know <laughs> yeah so it, it's just you know that kind of like i just thought you know maybe you know one day i just i guess i just thought maybe it's in my walk or something you know uh and and that's where that concept of like oh i got a feminine walk like hit me and i just like that did that did feel like a powerful phrase to me because like I also I also grew up idolizing, you know, when we talk about my influences now, I definitely name check them in that song. And there's the ones you'd expect, you know, Bowie and, and Mark Bolan, but like Joan Jett, you know, and Grace Jones and 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 those women, those kind of dangerous, really, for, you know, according to society, I mean, you know, women um, were hugely important to me, you know, and made me feel powerful, you know, when I was young. And so I I just I just thought like, yeah, man, there's power in that phrase. I've got a feminine walk, you know, um, that just felt you know, like, like the, like a, you know, like the kind of thing that I'm, you know, I could, I could use to, to cheer myself on, you know, and cheer on anybody that, you know, feels, you know, um, you know, a little bit like they have, like they have an eye turned to them, you know, in society sometimes for maybe not the right reasons, you know, um, cause I think in some way, you know, whatever kind of person you are, you've probably experienced that in your life, you know? And so when we're trying, when we're trying to advocate for each other, you know, and get, get people, you know, to come, you know, around and, and, and fight our side of the fight, you know, um, which I, I think is a very pro, you know, humanity fight you know this you know the 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 acceptance and love of everyone is something that is beneficial to everyone you know um, but this is the work that you need to get people to see this you know and so a song like that to me 
that's like you know that's that's a that's a flag i can just carry right into the you know right into the parade or the protest or whatever it is that we're doing and wave it around and go like hey man i just i'm asking to be seen you know and i'm asking to be seen on behalf of me and i'm also asking to be seen on behalf of you know all of all of us who are who are in that position you know yep i have definitely had the same experience just yeah. the other bathroom sure sure <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah um well let's listen to feminine walk and a to be determined song that has influenced you that i'll edit in later cool. <laughs> and um then we'll get back into uh that sense of feeling scene because i had some questions about that Got a rag like a drag queen dream Coming undone at the seams Again, one look, two look, three look, four Every time I'm at the bathroom door They've seen Bowie and Bowling and Jagger too Grace Jones, Joan Jett, and two Wong Fu I got a feminine woe I got a feminine woe Like Metropolitan Conway Twitty Got my smoker's cough in a Brooklyn loft Used a pseudonym, had a crush on him Well, I made things for my girl a little too hard At De Niro's hotel on her boyfriend's credit card He was a sugar daddy without a sign eyes I think he started Spotify I got a feminine woe I got a feminine woe I got legs for days I got a million ways I got a feminine woe Follow Tin Pan Todd around I tried to learn his magic tricks I mostly copped his Adderall fix Then I fell for a boy and drag at play And danced the lonely nights away When up walks this girl who saves my life With love that cuts like the rebel knife I got a feminine bowl I got a feminine woe I got legs for days I got a million ways I got a feminine woe Watch the wall
This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Aaron Lee Tastian's fourth solo album, Tastian, 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 pushes the boundaries of taste and imagination to new heights, unrestrained by genre or subject matter. Available now at newwestrecords.com or your favorite local indie record store. You're listening to Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. You can find more queer country content and merch at countryqueer.com. Now, back to the show with your host, Rachel Colst. So I think I became aware of your music <clears throat> as a solo artist um, when Nine Bullets, which is an Americana blog, um, wrote up. I guess it was your first solo album. This is like a long time ago. And then um, I think around 2013, 2014, you wrote a post on Facebook uh, coming out as bi. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was Shane Sweeney from Two Cal Garage uh, who shared it, or maybe it was Austin Lucas. But like you have like this glam rock part of you, but then also I guess it's the Columbus connection. You're also like connected to all those like, guys who play at Holiday Hangout and Last Chance Records, like those punk guys who have kind of mellowed out a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, so I was wondering if you could talk about your experience um, with coming out to your audience or coming out publicly on Facebook, because I remember you writing something that, to the effect of like, it was never a secret. I just haven't talked about it to like the broader public. I think anybody that, that, really knew me knew that um and that's that's all i meant by that um there are all kinds of um of responses that you get um when um you ask to be seen like that and i think some of them are surprising um and and some of them are painful um, and you ex- and you you almost expect that and you kind of hate that you expect that in a way um, but then some of them are really uh, you know affirming and and just uh, just beautiful so you're you're kind of opening the floodgates to everything um, but I think it's a more honest picture of what it really is um, and I think if we're if if we want to move forward um, in a way that feels more inclusive, step one is we got to be honest about what it really is. Yeah, I mean, I remember it being really important to me because at the time there just weren't that many like men in the Americana scene who were out, and I think for a while you've pretty much been the only person who I could have like man who was out who I could have thought of off the top of my head. That occurred to me in some way and I thought I was like well this just can't be though I can't be the only one <laughs> I know that I'm not so you know maybe you know maybe if you know if um you know if I can if I can do my part to make it apparent that you know um you that this is this is a world um, where where you do have a chance to be embraced and 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 say honestly you know in your heart uh, what's in your heart in your music and not be pushed out f- for doing that 
um, you know, then maybe then maybe more pe- then maybe it'll encourage more people to feel like it's a, it's a you know it's a space where that's okay you know it, you can do that. I mean, it, everywhere is a space you can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing, and that's the truth. You know, but we you know we're 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 steadily doing the work of of helping everybody to see that you know um and and that's a process unfortunately but it's an important one and you know whatever it takes yeah and then that leads me into talking about the song up all night which is the second song on the album but and the first one the album that has like more explicitly queer lyrics um sure and so this is your first time writing or at least recording songs that are more explicitly about uh, your orientation. I was wondering um, why you felt this was the time. I've written, you know, songs um, using he, him type pronouns and stuff like that before. Um, And I, you know, I, I can't say that it, it felt like it was any special time to do that. I think what it was was a big goal. I wanted to make a record that was the most me that I've ever been. And I couldn't omit that part of myself um, if I was going to do that, you know. So it it became it became an important part of the of the record. um, And, uh, you know, it at some time is like so much so sometimes that it even like it was so important to me to get it right that sometimes we would even do three or four different versions of song, like whatever it took, you know, like, because I really, I really, I, you know, there was more of me and there is more of me. I've been, I've been, a uh, there's always been parts of me in my songwriting, but I've also been a fairly observational style songwriter, I would say. Um, whereas this record is much more personal. So I think all of that just ties into that goal of, of wanting it to feel like something that really came as much from, you know, uh, who I am today <laughs> as possible. You'll hear a little bit later that Aaron compares this next song up all night to Tom Petty. (laughs) So I thought it might be fun to juxtapose the two of them. We're first going to listen to Tom Petty's anthem, I Won't Back Down, from Full Moon Fever. And then we'll listen to Aaron's response, Up All Night.
And then the last song I want to talk about specifically for the interview, I just pulled out all the like super gay ones and then we could jump into <laughs> any of the ones you want to totally. talk to is uh, Data Boys, which, yeah. Um, yeah, super fun. Um, and I think this is maybe the moment where we could talk about your personal style because even for an interview where you're kind of hanging out at home, you're wearing, I think it's a fedora, but I know sometimes <laughs> yeah. people are very specific about their hat terminology. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. You've got like a, a tweed blazer with like a very broad stripe pattern. Like, like I think of like a sports caster, or like horse racing or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like a scarf and a t-shirt. And I'm wearing an Oxford button down. But to be fair, this is the first time I've worn it in months. <laughs> I just felt I'm like honored it today. <laughs> I'm 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 honored to be sharing in a I I haven't actually this is the inaugural Oh um, and the Petit France it, interview for this for for my for my favorite new t-shirt this was a gift from a friend named stuffy schmidt who's a wonderful songwriter mm. lives here in nashville but um he knows that i'm a huge fan and found this for me um so this is this is the inaugural interview for my little prince <laughs> t-shirt <laughs> i feel like that's a good tie-in though because that story is also like very whimsical but deep yes. at the same time yeah it was my favorite i think when i was a kid um, also just because I loved the drawings, mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you ever like remember seeing the book or not when you were younger, but like, even just like, this is, this is getting, this is getting into my, like, <laughs> this is how early it was for me. But like, I just remember looking at like the way the pants fell over his shoes <laughs> and just thinking, that's how I want my pants to look over top of my shoes, you know, just like. I mean, yeah, he's kind of got it going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, could you talk about like how you've developed your personal style? I mean, I'm sure it links back to the glam rock days, but like I, I know that you really relish a lot about not just making the music, but like the visual presentation as well. And totally. I feel like Dada Boys kind of falls into that. Oh, for sure. Um, the. So, so when I moved to New York, that was like, fre I was fresh out of high school. I was 18 years old. Um, and I lived there for about six months and then couldn't really figure out how to make it work. Went to Berkeley, came back to New York. And that was when I met Justin and, and we started Semi-Precious Weapons. Um, I had been a fan of all these different kinds of music, but it wasn't really until I met Justin um, and was immersed in like the queer culture of New York City, which was like unbelievable, like, you know, um, all your like wildest dreams um, and sometimes nightmares yeah. <laughs> coming true. <laughs> um, but, but. I, he had these two friends, Tommy Cole and Roy Caras, who had their, still have their own line of clothing called Alter. And they made a lot of the clothes that we would wear on stage. And, and Justin and the two of them would collaborate on what the look was going to be. And I got to sit there with the best seat in the house and watch these guys do all of this. You know, so I got huge lessons in how to put a look together, how to be intentional with an aesthetic and art and what all of that meant. Then a couple of years later, I was very, very lucky to play guitar for a band called the New York Dolls. 
who had a guy who just passed away. Bless you, Sylvain. I love mm-hmm. you, man. Um, named Sylvain Sylvain. And right. he, he had his own clothing company, you know, called Truth and Soul. And made his own hats and these incredible leather vests and stuff like that. And these amazing belts and gun holsters and all kinds of insane stuff you know and so working with him and then getting to talk to him about that like i just became hugely inspired my sister um is also a fashion writer um that's what she does for a living and she's she works at gq now but she's written for vogue and for vice um uh Vice's fashion thing, which is called Garage. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has an incredible personal style um, that I really um, a- admire um, and have watched her cultivate. So I've taken cues from incredible gay men, um, my sister, um, and um, you know, and, and, and really like a lot of the sort of like the people that I mentioned really in feminine walk, you know, all of those people to me in their own way are total fashion icons, you know, and you can point to any one of them at any point in time and just like get an incredible look, you know? So, um, you know, definitely, definitely those, um, those folks as well. But I would say, you know, the main ones really were, you know, Justin and Tommy and Roy and, and, and my sister, Rachel. Yeah. Well, let's listen to your song about all those boys and girls. (laughs) (laughs) With Dada boys. (laughs) I tend to think I'm dying. Something I get from my mama. I'm only happy crying. Smoking too much marijuana I'm just a man With nothing left to disguise My love's a lonely laser beam Sorry if I shoot out your eyes Die, boys, I bleed to love My heart is wild, but it's true Beating like a speeding train for you I love anyone who tells me to If there's a space in this city Someone's trying to fill it All the impossibly pretty Trying to kill it They don't See me But would it kill them to try I know I make them uncomfortable But I'm just living my life
And then, of course, there's the lyric in the song about Gaga girls. Yes. That is that went to a certain... How do you pronounce her last name? Stephanie... Germanata? Yeah, I know, but I, it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to start telling people oh. that. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> no problem. I'll give you, I'll give you full credit no, it's for it, good. I promise. <laughs> yeah, um, because I read that you had like opened, or she had opened for you. Or you yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah, Semi Precious Weapons, like she opened for us a few times and was even in one of our early music videos. And then, of course, Return the Favor to I had left the band by that point, mm. but Return the Favor tenfold to those guys. She, I think she's pretty cool in that way. She really seems to um, practice what she preaches so far as, as wanting a more inclusive world and, and, you know, looking out for those people that, you know, feel other and all that kind of stuff. Like she, I know. I, I really respect her and, and I, I, I dig her message a lot. And then also just sort of speaking again about that aesthetic, I feel like this album is like, if you're just kind of having it, listening to it in the background, it's a sort of like breezy pop voyage. But there's like lots of themes about loneliness, especially in the digital age. Um, and the music videos also like all come together to sort of create like a longer story. And I was yeah. wondering, since you can't like, create an immersive concert experience right now for you what would be the perfect setting for someone to listen to this album oh that's a great question i love that um i myself um have listened to it in a few uh different ways um that i found fun one time when it was when it was the summer um, and we had just sort of gotten like all the mastering back and stuff like that. I did, uh, I did, I guess I just, ca I call it the Wayne's world because that's <laughs> the only reference I have for this. But do you remember the part of Wayne's world where they're laying on the top of the car and the planes are kind of coming in? <laughs> I actually haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. Uh, no worries at all. Um, but, but I get it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I've seen it parodied um, a million times. So that was the kind of the move. Like I basically, I rolled all the windows down on my van and like cranked the stereo and laid down on the hood of my van, like on top of the van in the summertime, like, and just kind of, we have a big tree that hangs over our house. And I just kind of looked up at the birds and the trees and like listened to it laying on top of the van. That was probably my favorite way that I, that I took it in. Um, but I feel like it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great record for, um, as you say, like, you know, if you do sit and listen to it, you will kind of notice it's like, it's kind of like that old Tom Waits saying these sort of like beautiful melodies telling you terrible things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, not every song, but some songs. But um, also like it, it is, um, you know, it's a great movie. It's a great moving record. Like it's a great record to walk to. It's a great record mm -hmm. to drive to, I think. Um, you know, it's like I tried, like I tried really hard in a way to like incorporate some very subtle kind of like dancey elements mm -hmm. to it, you know, like sort of almost like what you would hear in a club or something like that, you know, but sort of that four on the floor kick drum, you know, kind of thing. And then like the sub, the super low end with the sub bass stuff, um, which a lot of all that um was was developed by the guy who mixed it john congleton um who is a genius i think um but um 
you know, just having those elements in there, almost like the way like in England, this, uh, there's a band from England called Primal Scream that mixes dance music and rock and roll in a really mm-hmm. cool way. Um, so a little bit kind of taken out of that page, but in a more American way, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's meant, you know, it's meant to, it's meant to be a record that can function as something that you can move around the room to or sit and listen to um you know but my favorite if you have a van and you can lay down on the hood <laughs> in the summertime with all the windows open i highly recommend that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think because i watched some music videos before i like listened to the album like i have this image in my head of like a big like fuchsia like lava lamp <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah yeah that works <laughs> and now perfectly. i kind of want to get one for my room. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to go back to the sound for the album, um, I was reading about how you sort of like turned your guitar into like a, or did a lot of processing to make it sound more like a synthesizer. And in mm-hmm. a way that kind of makes me think of a lot of the gender bending that you reference in the song. You're like, I don't know if that's intentional, but just this, like this playing with this idea of making something into something else. Exactly. That that's kind. That's kind. Like you're the you're the first person to like really like uh, sort of bring that up in an interview. So thank you. Like oh. that is that. It's not like a concept record by yeah. that, but that was definitely like that was on my mind constantly throughout the record. You know, and that's why it's like to me, it's like you know, up all night. Like in a way, it is a bit of an homage to Petty, but it's like. Mm-hmm it's like science fiction Tom Petty or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, like you said, taking something that exists and like, you know, sort of like presenting it in this other way, um, which I think is a part of the tradition of Americana music, really. Um, you know, certainly you see, um, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to give credit to alt country bands like Uncle Tupelo and the Jayhawks and people like that, um, you know, for helping to define Americana as what it is, you know, I think we, we have to like, you know, accept that like, you know, this idea of taking old sounds and finding ways to make them new is, uh, one of the sort of, you know, main cruxes of the art form really, you know, but I think it's interesting, like to me, that's, that is a perfect place for, um, you know, queer music because it, it, it expresses itself in a way that I think to a certain, you know, segment of society still feels very like an outside thing, even though I don't really consider it to be such, you know, anymore, but, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have an artist, a queer country artist who you'd like to shout out that doesn't have to be explicitly or specifically country music could be Americana Uh. folk? Whoever comes to mind. Man, I mean, so many. Um, I mean, you know, my my two of two of my all time favorite um, people besides artists. So I'll just go. I'll go. I'll go with um, with uh, Mary Gaucher and Jamie Harris. Um, But they're just two incredibly important people to me. Um, people who I find to be incredibly inspiring as human beings in addition to um, their uh, remarkable artistry. 
Um, but I've, I've had the very good fortune of uh, being able to open for Mary um, and, and the incredible fortune of, of being able to work on a song in the studio with Jamie. Um, and they're both just absolute world-class artists and, and people. I can't honestly, I, they do it as good as you can do it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, Aaron. <laughs> I appreciate oh. it. Yeah. And uh, any other last thoughts before we oh. finish? Um, you know, uh, hold on, uh, you know, um, it, these are, these are strange times. These are, these are our lonely times. Don't be afraid to reach out, you know, don't be afraid to reach out if you need help. Don't be afraid to just reach out and check on each other. Never. F and, and don't, don't be afraid to ask to be seen because, um, I know that's scary and I know scary things come along with it but it it's also it's also the way that we can move forward you know it's it's the it's the way that that we can all see each other and 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 be honest about what that actually looks like um you know uh and 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 it's and you know it's our it's a it's our chance to uh you know to come together i think more so political more so than than politics or or you know uh anything else you know i think if we can really see each other as people you know um that's it's a it's a it's a chance it's a chance for us to you know to be able to show up for each other you know on an ongoing basis moving forward so um yeah i just i just you know i want to say also just thank you incredibly um to country queer for uh you know providing a platform like this um and and for allowing me to be a part of it um it it feels um it feels really really good so thank you rachel mm -hmm. for all your wonderful questions and and thank you dale and everybody at country queer i love all you guys mia and adim and all my mm -hmm. buddies there um Thank you very, very much. Yeah, and you know, thanks for putting out something so positive and unapologetic, uh, especially in this time. I think that's something we are all gonna start really, really needing uh, sooner rather than later. As always, we're going to close out the show with our interviewees, Country Queer shout out. In this case, Erin recorded a song with Jamie Harris and she very graciously allowed us to put it on the podcast. It's called Keep Me On Your Mind. And the only way you can get it is if you sign up for Jamie's Patreon. And I know country queer fans can't get enough of Jamie, so you definitely want to check her Patreon out. After Keep Me On Your Mind, we'll crank things up with one of Aaron's songs from the new album, Computer of Love. Take care of yourselves out there, and happy trails, cowpokes. They said that it would come And the heavens opened up And the sky began to cry All the rain Saw it all from Tennessee Wishing you were here with me Wishing I was wrapped up in your arms again I keep listening to your song It helps me to carry on In a world I seem to be floating above 
You're a million miles from me But it's quite the poet's dream To feel such a longing Feel so tortured No such love Won't you keep me on your mind As we wander through this town Marking off the days with X's and O's I will do the same You know I ain't that far behind As you go, won't you keep me on your mind I can only dream of the places you have seen Or to fly on the wings of a song We'll spin our tail in rhyme, putting love in every line, and we'll be singing here together before long. Won't you keep me on your mind as we wander through this time, marking off the days with X's and O's? I will do the same, you know I ain't that far behind. As you go, won't you keep me on your mind? The days that come between The next time I'll hold your hand in mine One day you'll greet the dawn I'll be riding right along But while you're gone Won't you keep me on your mind Won't you keep me on your mind As we wander through this town Marking off the days with X's and
whenever they get bored My little avatar I'll never know who you really are Digital clouds and guiding stars On the computer of love This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Pick up your copy of Aaron Lee Tastian's fourth solo album, Tastian, 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 available now at newwestrecords.com or your local indie record store. Well, cowpokes, we've reached the end of the trail for this episode. Thanks for listening to Country Queer Spotlight the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Head on over to countryqueer.com for more queer country content and merch. Rachel Colst has been your host and producer. For new music by Roots artists of all genders and orientations, listen to our weekly podcast, Adobe and Teardrops. Country Queer Spotlight is edited by Zach Tomlinson, executive produced by Country Queer's founder, Dale Geist, and our theme song, Ride Me Cowboy by Paisley Fields is courtesy of Don Giovanni Records. Ride me cowboy.